You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Welcome to Quantum Leap Book Club. During the next hour, beloved mind scientist Parisha and her guests from around the world will read and discuss various best-selling books with well-known authors. Every show will apply retention techniques designed to help you to absorb powerful knowledge to effectively change your life. Join us every week for a thought-provoking hour and re-listen as often as you can. You will be delighted by what you learn and you will be excited by the results. Are you ready to take the quantum leap? Here's Parisha. Welcome to Quantum Leap Book Club. This is Parisha, your host, and my co-host this week will be Rosemary Heyer. We will have Marianne Love, and we will have Geraldine Dalby Ball. So I'm short about three hosts, co-hosts this week, but we'll manage, won't we, ladies? We'll manage. Okay. And so basically, we will start discussing what's in Chapter 7. Last week, my co-hosts actually did the program, and they did some exciting passing through about three, four chapters there. So I've gotten some confused listeners, I think, because they're trying to follow us in the book and nobody read four chapters. <laughs> so they'll, they'll, each one of them was somewhere, there was like about five that have complained, and they were somewhere else in a chapter that we had last been in and so forth. And, on. and so they weren't quite ready to understand what it was you were referencing. But all in all, I understand that we were very detailed and most people have found some very good reactions from it. So we appreciate all of you and hope that we uh, don't move so fast that we confuse you. Okay. And, and you can't, I don't know how you can possibly get confused with Joe's. Uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza's material because most of his material is so there to help us get past our confusion, which is exciting enough. So we will, for those of you who didn't catch everything, we will review last week's particular chapters. But this week, we're actually going to start with seven for those who've been able to actually move along with us. And when we're talking of the particular uh, chapter that we're going to be covering today. Uh, you'll have to bear with us because there's an awful lot of charting. And to my co-host, I apologize that how you have to actually read up. Um, may If anybody has any better idea of how we can share or if we can actually ahead of time have uh, pictures of the particular uh, parts in the book where we're showing illustrations. I'm willing to do that. I'm just not the tech person to design and set that up. So if that can help us out and you think that our listeners will be of benefit from that. And listeners, if it's something you would like to have, please do so. But we trust that you've done one of the best investments in your life and bought this book because it is a book you need to learn to live with. You live, you keep it around, you go back into it, because each time you go back into it, you see something different, you see something you didn't see last time, because it evolves forward with you. And I want to share like working with a couple of groups, and uh, just in case our listeners don't know, and there's some new people to the material, Dr. Dispenza has different study groups. You can go on the, the actual go on the web and see if there's one near you or if there's one you want to get into in virtual space. But there are discussion groups that works with discussing the material because I would say a great number of people, and I haven't really checked into much of what's been going on on, 
on the, the particular blogs because of the fact I've been traveling and involved in a lot of other deep stuff right now. But when I did start catching up with you, there were a huge number. We have a few hundred people who have actually been listening and had questions and so forth. And some of those questions are like what I just told you. There are discussion groups that can help you by enhancing that. But also that at this point of, of where you're at, if you're trying, if you're seeing no results, especially for those of you who I would consider negative, negative being you had a lot of commentary about not being satisfied, okay? And there are some of you, for whatever your reason is, just doesn't like how Joe teaches or you're not happy with the seminars or whatever you've been in. Okay, we need to look at that as part of what we're working with here, right? That what we believe and how we do our mindset is going to be the result of what we go through. Okay. And for me, long before I ever saw Joe Dispenza, the particular material that he has worked from and put into his books has existed. So I would not just give up because I don't like this particular person or I don't approve of something or whatever. Don't give up on the material. Get get you know get some of the material from someone else. There's a lot of people out there using it. There are a tremendous amount of powerful authors out there that are actually teaching the quantum field and the activities of what benefits our life. So do not give up on the quantum field. Believe me. But when we go to go in to look at this, I think that I want to renew for some people's memory. Joe began to write these books and go from his studies, from his own experience of healing. So if you read the front of the book, you'll hear how this young man actually brought himself back from a wheelchair. And I don't know about you, but I like it when I hear somebody that's actually sharing with me what they have gone through and the outcome they've had, especially when it was a very powerful like Joe has had. So I give a lot more credence to the particulars that he points out and where he actually shows and directs. And whatever he didn't experience in his own accident and with his own physical being, he has studied in depth to actually see how that can all be explained and connected. And I feel Joe has grown way past himself and way past his own healing into even a greater field that benefits most all human. Okay, so I would say, please stay with it and look at it again. And for whatever has actually upset you, go past that to the information because it will benefit you to do that. And so basically there's Joe's dealing with every part of our being. So the people who are saying you're not getting anything out of it, there were a couple of you that I actually, I want to definitely uh, bring up Peggy Heavens here. She, you, your situation is so typical, Peggy, because you're taking on too much. You're taking on your whole situation. And it works better when you find one particular place you can start and you start. Okay. You cannot jump into everything in your life that you're changing. And if you, in your case, has said, you don't want to be any part of whoever Peggy Heavens is, that you choose to not be that person again, and that you've identified how much of what is Peggy 
is everyone else. What everyone else has said and whatever once has given you advice of that you feel you've never made a decision on your own and you believe that you are influenced by other people's opinions to the point that, that you always are trying to be whoever and whatever that is. Well, my prayers are with you, first off, because that has to be an absolute hell. Okay, and the other part is, is that just start where you can. I mean, yes, there's a lot in the book. I don't care if you only get through one chapter and you have the change that that chapter offers. That's where you stay. Then, then when you're ready and you're sure and you're stable, then you move to the next. Nobody says that you have to read this book in a week, a month, or a year. I want you to read it at whatever level you need to, to know, because this I know from my own studies, my own research in 80 years of life. If you apply this book, if you actually apply this book and read it and do it, not just read it, it's not a book to read, it's a book to live. You will be a totally powerfully successful person at the end of that journey. That's what's in this book. The science, the knowledge that's in this book will deliver you wherever the reality of your happiness is. But you got to do it. You have to act. You can't read. You have to act. And when you're reading some of the chemistry that a lot of you are complaining about, don't move forward. How can you move forward not understanding what you just read? And you don't have to feel, some of you are saying you're too stupid or dense. No, we're not going to do that either. Because it is new to you, you don't know how to assimilate it, and it would be even more foolish and ignorant for you to decide you can't just because you don't understand. So you have to go back. And what I've done with particular people I've worked with, we have taken those particular sciences in chemistry. We've looked them up. We've drawn pictures of them. We've colored pictures in order to get aware of all the different parts of the brain. Make this a project. Don't just read it and think, you know, it doesn't work this way. It does not work this way. And if you've read the book, it tells you why it don't work this way. It's application. It's action. So even like for some people, we got into the pineal pituitary and everything. There's that Egyptian particular picture that looks like an Egyptian eye and stuff. People progress powerfully with understanding the pineal after actually just coloring that picture and bringing it out. So we had anatomy and physiology books that helped us understand and see every part of the brain and other things, other fields like the cell. We got it we got into pictures and drawings so that we could see the cell. It's sort of like out of this book, it leads us back into some anatomy and physiology. Okay. And it was powerful. And everybody got it. And that when when they realize what's going on at a time that's not where they want to be, they know exactly where and how it's happening. And that's when you can change it. That's when it's not, it doesn't own you or control you anymore. You have the knowledge and you can do what you need to do with it. Still your choice, still your choice. So please, for those of you who are a little bit skeptical on it and going through your own doubts with it, please listen up and do not let that take away the opportunity you have in your hands if you have this book. And for all of you who are in discussion groups and have been working with Joe's material two, three years now, I appreciate every bit of a compliment you've given us. They have brought back 
many of you are saying that reading it as many times as you've read it, that we actually bring things to perspective that you understand even better yet for the time you've been with us. And I think, Geraldine, you had you had reported that someone in your particular uh, media had also did said that about it, too, and shared with you that. So you may want to share that when you when you're discussing but please, people, understand this. This book is a life-changing opportunity. Do not walk past it and do not be foolish enough to let some emotional reaction actually turn you away from the keys to your own life and happiness. I appreciate everything that you do and appreciate every bit of progress you make. When we lift ourselves, we lift all others unto ourselves. Remember that. So we're going to start out, and who will start with us first this week is Rosemary. Rosemary, you want to share your particular part of information? Yes. Um, well, I was listening to you. I really appreciate all the things you said, and I would like to add uh, my experience on it. So um, I think that, first of all, don't worry, because Dr. Joe keeps repeating this changing process in every chapter several times with different words. He loves to repeat things, and he does. So don't worry if you got it in the first or second or third chapter. That's one thing I came up with. And the other one thing is, yes, it is challenging. I remember that when I came out of meditations many times, that so-called new me lasted only until noon, you know? And um, today I had a really frustrating and overwhelming day and I got the same understanding as grandmother shared. Don't do too much. Take one or two behaviors. Just take one feeling, for example, um, complaining or judging or uh, feeling victim or feeling uh, low or whatever it is. Just take one thing and, and, and change that. And the other thing which is really important is, and Dr. Joe emphasizes that a lot, that the body starts talking. I mean, the body really starts talking. It says tomorrow, later, this isn't for me, I can do this. And it also says, I don't understand, I'm confused. So the body is talking because we have that old chemistry and then we make a new mind on top of it. And the body says, no way, we have that covered. In, uh, I remember, recommend to read Overcoming uh, the Body again, where you can read it. And um, the other thing which was really inspiring is there's many, many uh, ideas and talks of Dr. Joe Dispenza on YouTube, but most of all, <clears throat> there's a lot of testimonials. If you need a push or motivation to do this, listen to the many and hundreds of testimonials on YouTube about how they use this and how it made them heal or change their life. And uh, like, for example, there was one woman, Bonnie, and she uh, was very, very ill and she healed herself. She listened to 400 testimonials so she could get going at home in her room and, and make this a change. So I'm excited about it. And as grandmother said, I never got so close to the work than this time we were reading it together. I'm really into doing it. We are, I always skip the doing of this book. <laughs> I got all the information, but I skipped the doing. So the doing is really inner work. And it is meditation. And you complement, you contemplate, and you think about who you want to be. And it is clearly what we talked about before in other books, working in the imaginal realm. And the new neural nets, the new neural nets you are creating with every thought 
And it goes very quickly. In a second, you think a thought and there, there's a new neural net starting. Actually, you can watch uh, videos on YouTube where you see how the wiggles of the neural net are starting a new uh, circuit. That creates new chemicals. And uh, then the body is changed. That's based, the basics of the change process. So we contemplate on who we want to be and we live it in that moment. We feel it. We're imagining it. And not just the event you want to have happened, but who will I be in that event or in the now? We, we experience that in the now and we're envisioning that. And uh, when we uh, keep producing that new state of mind, we also are thinking about maybe feelings. It's very important to come up with the feelings. Once you start thinking about what you want, you automatically will have elevated emotions. If you, you, you know, you, you imagine it and you're living in it and suddenly there's elevated emotions coming up. For example, if you want to have an abundant life, you might feel excited and grateful when you think about it. Or if you uh, want to be healed, you might feel a lot of gratitude. Or if you want to be in greatness, you might feel a lot of empowerment of your real self. The body believes it is happening while you are imagining it. And I think the important part is also to go into your heart, stay in your heart. I, I breathe in and out of my heart all the time when I do the process so that you are pulling it actually into your feeling, into your center. And it is very important that we also send coherent signals that we are sending signals which are mind and body it's the same. You can't think positive and the mind is, uh, you can't think positive and the mind, body is still crumping. So it is a, a process of thinking, doing, and being. And we skip the doing when we go and let go of the environment, the body, and time. Then we can actually move from the mind, the new mind, directly into our body, change it, and we are a new person. So, so we can do that and be very effective when you stay focused on what you want and trust your heart. And I'm going to stop for right now and share more later. Thank you. Okay. We were supposed to be sharing and starting, Rosemary, with Chapter 7. And I think you were in Chapter 6. You're in 7? That's what I understood from your messages. That we are in Chapter 6. No, you're going to review the chapters that you did last week. But we're going to start this week in 7. So it's okay. There's, there can be no, no misgiven information. It was great. So we're going to go. I need my co-host to understand that what I'm doing is we're going back to review what you spoke about last week. So I'm working my way back to that. So you're starting with seven. All of you are starting with reviewing seven. And then we will go back through the chapters like six, five, and four, three that you did last week. Okay. So we are beginning with seven. And at this point, I'm going to let Marianne Love actually do her particular part and share your information with us, Marianne, please. Sure. So just to, um, well, all of this information is wonderful. So I'm happy to talk about six, seven, eight, nine. I don't mind. So no. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, numbers off of it. Just keep going. Yeah. So basically what he's talking about in Chapter 7 is that gap between who you demonstrate, who you show yourself to be publicly and who you experience yourself to be privately. And often there's a big divide. Like you can show yourself to be the most friendly, kind, loving person publicly, 
but privately and he shares quite vulnerably really about his own story but privately you can feel disconnected alone unlovable all this inner story and inner language that we have and he talks about closing this gap and actually being authentic and he talks about transparency and i know um, grandmother parisha has often taught us about transparency um, and as far as i can see what he's talking about it's about being open and being honest with yourself firstly and it doesn't even mean that you have to spew a bad mood out on everyone and go well i'm being transparent this is how i feel it's actually about taking ownership of that internal state and in that internal language which has been programmed from a lifetime of stories history mum and dad maybe weren't as open and friendly as you wanted them to be maybe the kids at school were bullies and they didn't say nice things and all of that gets programmed into the subconscious mind and it's that internal story that we carry privately and yet publicly we might show a very different human so just from this the techniques he's given just from going get the knowledge take that knowledge to the emotional center of the brain and change your internal state and then embody that so much that you've programmed that to be your habit so you can do that with something that you privately carry maybe you don't feel good enough okay well that's a story you could focus on and start to change by realizing it's just a program with a chemical a habit or addiction to it so then take what you would like of this information take the opposite of that story make a new story practice that story so much you feel it like you've memorized that state of being so much like how does that person feel when they walk out into the street embody it act it out be it be it so much that your unconscious mind your cerebellum has taken that on and made that you made that your program and then your internal state starts to match what you're externally emanating and then to me that's transparency that's honesty but it's honesty on your own truth you love you you emanate you from a, a place of joy that you want to experience because you can because it's programmable so that's what i'd like to share with chapter seven okay no okay we're gonna stop with the chapters okay i'm doing two different radios okay one's being interpreted in another language in fact three languages so i'm in chapter seven in that group you're still in chapter six and i definitely apologize for the mistake of that because you're right you're you're talking from where you've been assigned because all of the assigned pages are back in chapter six okay <laughs> So, like, I agree, though, it does, don't let the numbers confuse you because the message never changes, okay? As, as Rosemary had said, Joe repeats a lot, and he tells you, repeat, repeat. He tells us to be repetitive in what we're doing until that neuron solidifies and is actually in place. So we're doing it only with a little bit of coyote in here, I think, okay? So, yes, we're doing Chapter 6, co-host, please. Don't go panic on me. We'll make this. We can do it. Okay, we can do it. All right, Marianne, that was great. And I appreciate what you shared with that. Like I said, for our listeners, we can only take a pinch of this book and we take whatever stands out to us, whatever we can relate to you from our personal place. And we're hoping that in our personal experience, in our own personal enthusiasm, that something will gel with you. I'm sure we can at least say that is happening for 90% of you. 
Okay, and that's our goal. That's why we come out and make this hour of our time and life available to play with the books and discuss it and actually allow there to be this kind of fun in it. So, yes, we will now, instead of heading for chapter six, beloved, you're in it, we're heading for chapter, we're going back to chapter five after we get through hearing from Geraldine here and what she's got to offer. Well, I'd love to start straight with the brain and and the essence of three brains. And as, as you shared earlier, there was a friend of mine who sent a text message this week. She's actually sent numerous texts. They've just kept coming. The most recent was, I've, I've read the last page of chapter three, 20,000 times exclamation mark. And then it's like, no, actually just five. But I feel like, I feel like it's been 20,000 for the number of aha moments each time I read it. And again, she has read it in the past some time ago. And I think what sometimes happens is we have life experiences and we have things that give us different building blocks, which means different neural connections so that when we hear information another time, things change, things sink in more. There's different aha moments. And part of Chapter 6 is really helping us see that there are three parts to the brain and one of them is about the thinking. One of them is about knowledge. It actually says the neo cortex and if you had a brain in your hands you would probably be touching it because it's the great big bit on the outside and again there are um, illustrations to look at if you've got the book so look at the neocortex see where it is feel your own head it's the piece that's right there knowledge is for the mind so quite often when we're reading we're getting it in our mind but as my friend was sharing, she had it in her mind before. I know I've had it in my mind before. The aha moment, though, is a feeling. So what this is letting us know is we read, we learn. That's the neotor cortex. Then we have a cerebellum. You can think of it as the size of your fist at the back here. Again, look at the, look at the pictures. You'll see the cerebellum, a different part of the brain. Now, that's the brain that has an experience. It's your body actually experiencing things. You feel things. And if while you're reading, you have one of those aha moments, you may even realise that you're feeling. You feel a warmth or you feel a memory or you feel something. That's cerebellum. The next part of the brain, the limbic brain, and again, if you have a look at an image of the brain, you'll see this is almost, you can imagine it being the, the, the middle of the brain, sitting inside there. And that's where our conscious becomes an unconscious. So if we're wanting to make a new memory, if we're wanting to give up coffee, we get to the point where that limbic brain, because it's about the chemicals, doesn't produce that information anymore that says caffeine. Likewise, when we've let go of feeling uh, an emotion that we don't want to, like nobody listens to me, when we've let go of that whole storyline, we've thought about it with our neocortex and said, I'm letting that go. We've experienced it in our body and now in our limbic brain, we have the ability to make brand new chemicals. So if we're going to be addicted to anything, let's make things that we choose and we want. So the reason Joe is giving us this, and he says it very specifically, the reason we're learning the science of the brain is because if we can understand the brain, then we can understand what we need to do in meditation. 
So that's what this is all about. I love the brain stuff. Obviously, the neocortex part of me gets really excited. However, as everyone's been saying, it's in the doing and then it's the being. And that's what this is about, recognising you have three brains. We think it, we do it with our body and the limbic, and then we get the limbic brain involved and we change the chemistry. And now we're going to be led into how our meditations help us change the chemistry so that we can be super operators of this marvellous, marvellous software that we have, marvellous hardware, the computer that we are. That's really great. And you, for all the listeners, Geraldine lives that, okay? The reason she's so specific and so well-spoken when she's teaching this is I've loved it when we've traveled and been together on intensives and working together on different things because there will be something that happens, something physical that comes up that's probably an old program or whatever, and she will identify its location. That would be coming from here, and that would be this, and that would be that. <laughs> and she would just go right through the sciences with us and show us, okay? And everybody would stand there, yeah, you're right. So it, if any of you could find this contagious, if any of you could get infected with how she's doing that, okay? You will find how much happier your situation is and how fast you can go through this book. You've accomplished a lot, Geraldine. I, and I truly trust that's because you do do the science of it all the time that you're experiencing. And that is a wonderful place to be. Yes, yes. So we're actually moving to chapter five, beloveds, so that I don't get you any more confused. We're doing chapter five for review. Are any of you the people who did the review on five last week? Any, any of the three of you want to did it E5? Okay, why don't you tell me, Rosemary, which one you reviewed, and we'll start with you. Uh, I just was ready to say something about Chapter 5. Um, uh, did you review Chapter 5? I actually reviewed Chapter uh, Becoming the Body, the, uh, Overcoming the Body. Okay, then, why don't you review that with us? Give us some headlines. Okay, yeah. Well, I think overcoming the body is really important. And I said that in the introduction of the book, because it kind of gives you relief. <laughs> it gave me a relief to find out, oh, my God, there is this body who's resisting that change. And he goes extensively into the chemical process of how the um, brain, the neural nets you have, are sending or activating uh, the limbic brain, and Geraldine was just talking about that, and then showering the body with chemicals according to how you feel. So you have uh, receptor sites on your cell which are waiting for chemicals of anger or chemical of resentment or chemicals of feeling a victim. The body is addicted to it, just like it is addicted to alcohol or cigarettes. And it was a relief for me to read that for the very first time I read the book because I said, oh, well, now I know why it's so hard to change. So overcoming your body is really essential or knowing how your body works in this process. It is quite strong and it's resisting and you must be 
aware that the thoughts you're having about not understanding or not getting it, or I always always thought this is not for me, it doesn't work for me, you know, that is the body trying to talk you out of a change because the body is addicted and he wants that same familiar old feeling of feeling a victim, I can't do it, and or of complaining and blaming. So, and he's going in a, a lengthy explanation of that, how the body is addicted, how the cells are addicted to it. That's what I want to share for right now. That's real good. Okay. And who else? Who, anybody, either of you actually did the overcoming? Overcoming of time. time. I did overcoming of time. Okay. Well, can you give us something? Not, not, not particularly what you covered last week, because what, the, what our listeners are saying is that there's so much in a chapter that they didn't feel you actually got to give us the full es- essence of the chapter. So can you think of things that you've thought about since that you wish you had said? I can't remember exactly what I said to tell you what I wish I would have said, but I think the bottom line of what I took out of chapter um, that chapter of overcoming time is that thought and time are very connected. So if you have a really significant emotional event, like it could be yeah, something that's happened that's hurt you, an accident, somebody said something, and you repeat that in your mind, you're regenerating that emotional chemistry again and again and again in your system, which then can become like a mood It can hang out longer, become a temperament. And then we actually can downgrade our system to become addicted to that particular chemistry based on that experience. So we're pretty much going almost back in the timeline constantly to recreate something to get an addiction to that emotional state. And then we'd apply that state to other experiences that we're having. So The key really of overcoming time is overcoming thought and getting out of the past and into the present and then becoming someone that determines how they want to feel and how they want to program themselves into the future. So that's how I would bottom line that that chapter. That's real good. Do you ever come up with that in your practice as a therapist where people, uh, I've got two people I'm working with that are, are really generous and kind people when it comes down to being kind, okay? But if you meet them on just an everyday basis, they're rude. They, they walk around and you can just see anger moving with them. You know what I'm saying? They're grouchy. They're rude. You know, they're, they're very, you know, sharp-witted. They got something negative to say or almost pinch you when you talk to them, you know, and stuff. When you have those kind of, patients is there any of this that you can you actually are able to give them that helps them to come to seeing that in themselves because what I'm working with right now is these two people a man and a woman they don't see themselves that way and there's a practice in Alcoholic Anonymous that where uh, sometimes the therapy therapist will use a picture they see the person drunk and falling around and everything they'll take a picture of them to see the reality, like you said, the brain doesn't let them see that. Okay. They don't, they never see themselves like that. And so I realized that no matter how much I was talking and pointing out things that they were asking me, well, what, what do you see? What's this? And, and I realized they're not seeing it. They have their own program of resisting that, how the mind has the ability to just blanket out the reality, put the picture in there, you know? So I actually took, I caught an opportunity before our appointment 
to actually see them interworking, both of them interworking with other people for about 10 minutes. When I showed those pictures, the man got up. He was so angry, he left. Told me I had no right to impugn on his privacy like that. I told him it wasn't private. We were in session. And I told you I will use obvious other tools, whatever I could have. So anyway, he went away, but the woman stayed. And when she stayed, she just looked at me and she like she tried for a while, a couple of breaths to say something. And she couldn't even talk. And she goes, that was me. I saw me. I don't know who that was in me. I was possessed or something. You know what I mean? And like she said, I never, I never even would think of myself like that. That's not, that's not me, you know. But I mean, she saw herself and she was being very sarcastic, nasty to one woman and actually talking very badly about the haircut she had. <laughs> As I say that with mine all cut off, I'm glad she didn't start on me. But anyway, it was like she never, she could never fathom herself like that. Do you come up against that? And can you then share this material? Does it help bring anybody out of it? I've got them both reading this book is why I'm asking that. Okay. And that this particular chapter speaks toward the emotions of that, the patterns of that. Those type of clients, like, I mean, it is really, really tricky when, when the, there's a massive distance between what a person identifies with and what's sitting like right back in their subconscious. But I think the genuine work, like wanting to make something different, recognizing there is something going off today and if a person isn't in therapy, because I think in therapy, you have the luxury maybe of a longer term relationship where you can keep reflecting and try and work with a person to reflect in a kind way so they can get to see it and then eventually own it and make the changes. There are clients where that just feels impossible, <laughs> no matter how much reflecting you do, it just doesn't get there. Um, and then I think other techniques like EMDR, which drops you more into the subconscious um, reality and helps you like have awareness really helps so EMDR stands for eye movement desensitization reprocessing um, which usually involves working with a therapist to help tap that some of that unconscious deeply unconscious programs mm -hmm. but like you've taught us journaling grandmother and I feel like that is a very powerful way of becoming conscious of this unconscious state I know I remember years ago we looked at a um a book that we were working together with I can't remember something with bible in it I can't remember quite the name of it right now but I'll, if I can find it I'll and it was actually asked people externally to reflect on you do you remember that where it actually asked people in your life to give you ask them these questions about you so they gave the reflection of what they saw in you and I feel like for what you were talking about that would if people were honest and open that that would actually people around you know I mean they experience the you that's unconscious all the time in yes. various ways so they know yeah anyway you just reminded me of that I haven't used that for a long time but that's yeah. good oh, and I, I realize that that actually works both ways for people I also took pictures after they read like I had them reading to the chapters that we're working on right now and I asked them to just see how they could apply that for the change and they did and I didn't let them know it but again someone else was taking camera let running video for them and when I showed them that because you could see especially in the man more so than the woman the man you could see the physical and psychological effort he was making and how he was choosing his words and how he was expressing himself 
And the beautiful part about it is after our session and everything, he just broke down and cried and was sharing how his children had got to where they wouldn't relate to him at all or anything. And that they, they avoid him in as much as they could and everything. And he said, I have literally chased him away, not knowing what I am actually doing, you know, so he apologized for being upset. But then, like I said, again, he didn't find the change, didn't find it comfortable. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, he, 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 his body language and everything showed how he actually felt he was pretending and trying to be something that he didn't know how to be. I think that must be very painful. But anyway, he's doing better with that. And uh, next step will be actually approaching his children. But yes, so I feel the particular chapters that you're working in is why I wanted to review them are definitely part of what we each have to look. And I check myself all the time with mine. I'm sure you all do too, is you have to keep going back and seeing where you have advanced for it. Sometimes Rosemary talks about how, where she's, where she's gone from here to there. And it's Rosemary has become a different person to me. And I've known her a great deal of our life together. So I don't think you can read the book without becoming something, you know what I mean? And do it with that. Geraldine, what part of the chapters last week did you report and review? It was actually um, chapter three, well, which was the part about becoming the body. And it is, for me, there's a helicopter coming, go away, um, one of the most exciting repeated parts of the science since reading the book from the first time. The key thing is that image of the cell and the receptor sites and whatever conversation comes up, whether it's a parent with a child, whether it's a friend who's worried that their girlfriend has got this, attracted the same sort of boyfriend again, whether it's um, a person at school who keeps having friendships that break down, it always comes back to that one tool of it's our own cells that have receptor sites. And those receptor sites get hungry, like Rosemary said, if we can move it to think of it like an addiction to a cigarette or, a, or anything else, it becomes the cells that then say, hey, body, here's a scenario. And it's telling you why you need to do whatever it is or think whatever it is to make that chemical to feed the outside of the cells. And the other part of that is the science that then says, why does it take three months? Yeah. Three months. And in many, as was mentioned, Alcohol Anonymous or many other processes acknowledge, they say, do it for three seconds, three minutes, three day, three hours, three days, etc. But the three months has a biological basis to it, that in three months, quite a few of your cells, like enough, a threshold of cells have done their normal process, which is dividing. And when they divide, they like to be efficient with resources. So if that particular substance, which is the marker of a thought or is the nicotine or is whatever it is you're moving away from, if there's less of that bathing the cell, the cell's going to be efficient and not include as many receptor sites for that particular thing. So now we really are making a chemical change because we're not having the script writer being these cells telling the brain to tell you to think something or feel something so you then make the chemical that feeds them. But I'll give yourself, give what I've really learned is I, I can get quite hard on myself. It's like, well, I recognize that. Why aren't I over it? Why did I do that again? But to actually 
for each of us to be gentle on ourselves, to go, hey, we've discovered this. Let's go as cold turkey as we can, as they say. Let's give it up as much as we can because each time we can do a stop change. So instead of saying, I'm not going to feel angry, we can say, I am going to find joy in my day. Uh And the beautiful phrase that um, Mother Parish, you've given us is even before we open our eyes in the morning to be able to say, you know, in this day, I see a thousand beautiful things and my hands hold 100 sacred objects. And as I look around, I see great beauty in all I see. When we give ourselves these, even if they come as a ritual to start with, they start to turn things on in us. And it can move from a ritual to become a habit. And we're making our brains habituated to find beauty. So less focus has to be on, I'm not going to be angry. It can be, oh, that's a pretty leaf. Or look at the way the sun's coming through there. Or, you know, it's, and what I found, just a very quick story, um, two days ago, I, I've created so much work again. This is one I'm in progress with that I had uh, woken up with a migraine. My left side started to go tingly. I could feel the nerves in my jaw even changing this time. So I rung the chiropractor who I know does kinesiology as well. And uh, normally super booked up, but they said, yeah, sure. We're ready in an hour. So I went there and um, they asked the normal questions. And then, and I always say, I know there's an emotion behind it. And she goes, great, yes, we know that, we can process. So straight away the kinesiology. So that's the body's resistance. So we can tap in past this thought mind, quickly get to that. And through a series of very quick questions and testing my arm, the muscle, when was I really weak when we were talking about the particular thing, we quickly got back to the age of five. When I pulled apart, I was told by the teacher to take some straws that were used to make instructions. I was told to take the constructed straws apart and there was one that had been put aside and I didn't, I thought I didn't know that. So I deconstructed all of the straws and then I got in a lot of trouble for breaking this person's nice one that they were wanting to keep. And what I went in my mind at that time, what came out through this quick process was I had been told to trust teachers. They know everything. But this teacher was telling me that I deliberately broke that thing. And I knew in my heart that I didn't feel a malicious thing of I want to break this. I was thinking I'm packing this up. And in that moment, I got the conclusion that I don't trust. And that then came all the way back to why I haven't been employing people to do the jobs that I need help with. So it clicked so quickly. And just today, I've had three people ring up and ask if they can work with me. So now I'm going to action it, of course. So sometimes these illogical things it's got to be an illogical thing like why wouldn't I employ more people that's not logic I'd already said to myself it's not logic there's something behind there so by doing the book by doing the practice it opens to make so much closer to the front there that whatever process you're doing it's ready it works it works what you're saying. It works, right? It just works. I want to add something to that. We, our whole cellular body changes every 28 days. You all know that, right? We replace and we are new cells every 28 days. So the repetitiveness that Rosemary reminded us of, okay, is what is necessary. And the, the least of amount of time you spend with it would be 28 days if you expect permanent change. 
anything you're doing quicker is going to be a temporary, maybe little fix right now that you'll lose very fast, no doubt, okay, because you don't have the neuron yet. But with the cellular change, everything, every cell in our body goes into synchronization with our brain. And at that point, we then are the embodiment of the change. And that's what you're talking about, what all we've been saying is. So if people will pick one place, like a place they really want noticeably change right now, and just stay with that. Don't try to do anything else. Just stay with that and do the repetitions and see how great that makes you feel. And then you just take them on one at a time. And then it works. Suddenly you realize you're this person who you've envisioned and that you want it to be. So it's great. It works well. Rosemary, you have anything you would like to share? We have a yeah, uh, as, a, as a motivation or as an inspiration, I, I, I recommend to, to uh, read uh, uh, Bill's story uh, on page 109. He, is a, he was a contractor, a roofing contractor, 57-year-old and had cancer. And, and Dr. Cho describes very well in that story how you can do it. And in my own story, uh, I have been using the walking meditation, which is basically uh, in the walking meditation, he leads you to, through the process we were just sharing. And um, what happens is you, you move out of time. You move away from your environment, from your people, from your places. You go move into a different space. And that's where you are, that new person. And uh, you don't have to come up with any feelings. They come up. You experience gratitude and jubilation and all that. And so it is working. And I wanted to add something also like uh, I, today. It can be little things. Today I had on my list, stop commenting and judging when you're watching TV. I don't watch a lot of TV, but sometimes the news come by and I look at it. And one of my things I wanted to stop as a behavior was stop commenting and judging about it, you know? And, uh, or, or maybe you are someone who complains a lot or blames other people. Just use that and say, okay, today I try not to blame. So you can use a feeling or you can use a behavior like I'm not going to eat any chocolate on TV, or you can use a, a thought, uh, as just Marion shared. You can say that you don't want to think something and uh, replace it with some positive. So it's really the little steps. But the uh, the science, as Dr. Joe explains, gives you the confirmation that it really works. Because when you are having a thought, it is really true that inside of your brain in a millisecond, chemicals are released and a new neuron wiggle is starting to move. I saw a YouTube video where they showed that. They showed the neural net and the person was thinking a thought and suddenly they came the little wiggle starting to make new connections. It happens right away. It's not like magic or something, you know, that's why he's explaining science. So we can say, wow, it is really here working and here working. And um, I think that is important why we understand the science. So I think that uh, becoming aware of who we are is really one of the hardest things to become aware and getting out of the denial, you know, like, uh, like Marion shared about the other person we are uh, trying to show off in our family or at work. And um, I think it helps to ask some what if questions, you know, what if my relationship would work, how do I need to be? Or what if I have a better understanding with my colleagues? Or what if, start dreaming, what if? And then you come into that new me. 
and can work from there. And, and that, that new me is always very fragile. We, we need to stress that, that in, in this kind of work, remember, this, this is so personal. You are an individual and there is no one like you. There's no little one remedy that works for all of us because of our individuality. But that individuality is our strength, not, not, not there in order to make us weird or different, but it is our strength. And that as you make the changes, I do suggest after working with the two people I told you that I'm working with right now, you know, it would be really good to view videos of yourself in different settings, especially settings like where you actually begin to realize that you like you come up with something and you find yourself, you know, stymied and you can't seem to get away from it. It's really good in those particular times to just turn the phone on, the, the video on, forget it's there and just start moving around and watching yourself or have someone else actually, when if you have a relationship and a certain person that just keys you off and you lose your composure and you become this whatever, okay? Take a picture of it, see yourself. I, I'm finding, and I hope my co-hosts are too, People, we don't even see ourselves. I do this a lot. I do this a lot because I've become so so public at such a, a person in the media that I watch myself, okay? And, and when I'm talking about it, especially if I'm in a confrontational kind of forum, I, I my whole goal is to always have compassion, okay? And I'm not totally successful, let me share. But I find myself when I'm in there that I, as soon as I feel that key turned on, that I'm really not okay with what was just said. Uh, recently, I had someone say to me that they were really quite not interested in human trafficking. They feel that there are just people out there that want to be whores and, and pimps and whatever. Out of a conversation, it had nothing to do but with a mother sharing that her child has been missing for 11 years. And that was the, that was a response, you know what I'm saying? So it was like, I think all of us, everyone in the circle was injured. I, I'm sure it injured most everybody. In it. And I took it very personal because of more than 40 years of working in that particular place in our way. And uh, I, I realized, okay, if you open your mouth right now, you're going to actually chew that person up. Okay, so I knew I had I had to remain very silent and I had to see what kind of face I had. on, <laughs> And I did all of my usual stuff to check myself. You know what I mean, and then I just went. I had to. It was so deep. The emotion was so deep and I wanted to express so badly that I had to actually divert my mind and take it somewhere else. And that at that point, I was I actually took my mind into different areas with with water and the view of the ocean, everything else, trying to keep my mouth shut. Okay. And then I was so grateful because at this point, someone on the other side of the room actually said to this person, okay, so have you any children? No. So you've never lost a child? No. Do you still relate to being a child with your parents? Oh, absolutely not. I'm an adult. And she said, that's your problem. And everybody just kind of got quiet. It it shut her down. It shut shut my anger down. And at first I thought, that's so irrelevant. What does that have to do with anything she just said? And then I realized if we look at it, this person's already identified with what she said and why she would say it. 
And it was just her saying that she recognized that because she's now adult and something obviously has never allowed her to have that childhood or whatever it is. So she's just totally dismissing anybody's childhood experience or whatever. Whatever she was at with it, however deep that was, it had an effect on me. And then I immediately found the compassion that I like to stay in balance with and looked at her and realized that was a miserable, painful thing to say. And that whatever it was in her expressing herself, it was not the her that we had been seeing in our circle. And so it come up and it gave us a lot of things to work with. And I'm still working with that. But the painful thing of it was, is this girl had a tremendous incest in her childhood that one of the uncles that lived with her family constantly raped her and stuff. And this was her, this was the only moment in her life. And we're talking about a woman in her 60s. The only point in her life that she actually has ever worded it. And that one little statement, that one outburst, that one emotion that was reacting from this other woman's story brought out her truth. And so in the book and what you're doing with Joe, don't be surprised. The reason I say take one thing and have love and, and care for yourself is you're digging through a whole lifetime of so many various reactions. Rejection not feeling wanted, not feeling the best, not being recognized, whatever. And those are painful places. So be kind to yourself and allow the repetitions to give you the strength to keep going for the better goal, the, the opening at the other end of such a compressed space and time. And so with that, we hope that you'll continue to read your book. And since we were doing six when we were saying we were seven, we're, <laughs> we're going to go back to doing seven next week. So co-hosts, we are reviewing seven next week. Okay. And everybody else catch up with us in that. And please listeners send us, you know, I enjoy, believe me, I, I haven't got through all of the particular communication and posts, but I will, I will do them little by little till I get to all of them because you are important. And I want to deliver my message to you again. You are an individual because you have a uniqueness. You have something that none of us have. You are needed, you are wanted, you count, and you make a big difference. Don't ever forget that. Know who you are. And we hope that what we share with you helps you get there very fast, okay? Meanwhile, you have a tremendous week and we'll catch you again next week. Co-hosts have a wonderful time, keep well, and love you very much. OCO. Thank you for listening to Quantum Leap Book Club. For more information where you can contact us, go to LOARadioNetwork.com forward slash quantum hyphen leap. Have a great week. You're listening to the Law of Attraction.